Hey everybody, Dave Lindbergh on a cloudy day here in Hong Kong for another episode of THD Podcast. Joining us today from Israel, we're going to have a company called Cardome. They're going to tell us about their speech intelligibility software. They're doing some clever things, working with noise reduction and stuff so everybody could hear the focus on the person, focus on the listener. So that's kind of the topic of today. But without delay, let's not forget about our sponsor, the Alti Association Audio Loudspeaker uh, international. And so they're having a show coming up in Vegas, June 5th and 6th. It's uh, kind of on the end or beginning of Infocom. So a lot going on in the audio industry in Vegas that first week of June. So be sure to check that out. But without delay, let's say hello. Uh, Simon in Japan this afternoon. How are you doing today, Simon? Good day. It's the evening and uh, morning, Danny, I guess. All Hi, right. Good morning. Yeah. yeah so Danny Chikaski, the CEO of Cardome coming to us from Israel. Thanks for joining us today, Danny. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so we discovered your technology. Um, I think you guys have a partnership with Knowles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Knowles is uh, indeed one of our dear partners. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of a celebrity when it comes to microphone pickup around the world. So a very, very yeah. strong partner. And so we discovered you and we read up on you and you guys sound like you're doing some fascinating stuff with this voice intelligibility category and like making clarity to the pickup. A lot of people have probably experienced either noisy environments or such where they can't, the caller, they can't hear the caller or can't hear the person on the other end. And so you guys are venturing to solve that issue. So uh, can you tell us about the company and, and how the technology works, please? As you mentioned, we are uh, we are Cardome, and we try to to enable machines to listen and to and to understand speech the way uh, the way humans do today. And I mean, when when starting Cardome, we we we, we ask ourselves whether it is reasonable that in a few years from today we will be able to to step into such a robot taxi in the middle of of a big metropolis and get a keyboard in order to type in your, your destination. Mm -hmm. or, or with other devices, whether it's going to be reasonable that you're going to wear a state-of-the-art AR glasses, but you will control the, your applications with, with knobs and buttons. And the answer was no. Mm -hmm. it's, it's clear that you will have to speak to those devices because, because this is how humans interact with each other, basically. This is, this is the most efficient, the more effective way for humans to interact. This is how we interact with the other humans. And actually, this is to a certain extent, this is how we are starting to interact with machines more and more today, but it, it is still not there. Mm -hmm. I mean, from one perspective, the, the voice market is, is huge and it is rapidly growing. From the other perspective, if you look on what is it that you really do by voice, Generally speaking, search, navigation, and streaming. Those are the three basic things or the three things that, that people are, are doing by voice on a daily basis and, and with a significant engagement level, I would say. Mm -hmm. When it comes to operating computers, machines, devices, either in home, in our cars, while shopping in malls, we are still stick to touch and buttons and knobs. We are not doing it by voice. And, you know, through, the, through our journey in, in Cardone, we actually asked 
leading manufacturers, what, what is it that is what is missing? Why you are not using voice in order to, to, fa to facilitate for your uh, customers to control your devices? And well, it's not an academic study, but but it's it's not very far from that. Here here are the the, the key findings. All believe that HMI in, in general and voice in particular are, are important uh, puzzle pieces towards their product. All are also believe that one day voice will take over, uh, over all other uh, interaction methods. But the key missing points or the key, the key points where the technology today is falling short are accuracy, cost, speed of interaction and privacy. And the second thing is that basically there is no single solution today in the market that address all the above mentioned uh, pain points. If, if you are a manufacturer of voice enabled devices and you want to buy an holistic end-to-end -end software, you know, a plug and play software that will, will replace buttons or any other uh, interface that you have in your device and enable your customers to control it by voice, you have almost no one to buy it from. Mm -hmm. And if you are going to buy, you know, buy puzzle pieces and put them together and end up with building uh, your voice user interface stack, putting in your devices, here is the, the results. This is the accuracy of, uh, of, of the state-of-the-art systems uh, today, as was measured. Again, this, this is a car example. It was measured by, by Head Acoustics, mm -hmm. a well-recognized uh, lab for automotive measurements. As you, and what, what you see here is the speech recognition rate in different scenarios. So the car is driving, and you can see that even in the simplest scenario, the speech recognition is about 50%, and it goes down when when the scenario becomes uh, more and more complicated and mm -hmm. actually i have i have a very i'd say not from one point nice from the other point disappointing uh, experience with the with those systems in in cars you know I've, i was traveling in in germany a few mm -hmm. weeks back and i got a state-of-the-art audi rental car with really top i believe it's top in class voice user interface systems implemented there maybe maybe comparable only to, to tesla and you could actually control the car by voice i mean uh, the funny thing was that i said hey hey audi turn on the air conditioner and it's really turned on mm -hmm. but from that point on you couldn't control the car by voice anymore the noise of the air conditioner uh. took over <laughs> the ability of, right. of the car to understand speech so and that this was is exactly. So that was that was the noise floor creating that interference level, and it couldn't couldn't pick up your voice after that. Absolutely, right. absolutely. And and you know why? You know how those guys are solving those challenges today. Uh, Here is they, how. Here is how yeah, they provide yeah, they provide a manual that puts the responsibility on the user to create an environment <laughs> for the system to work. Like right. Avoid background noise, make sure the windows are closed, ask your passenger not to speak. So, you know what, at some point, or I, mean, I believe this is what turns those systems into a gadget rather, in, rather than being a reliable interface. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is something that, uh, that we need to solve 
in, if, if we want voice to break this glass ceiling of, of being gadget only. Right. And here we are coming we, to, to, it's very much connected to, to how you started uh, presenting Cardone. We, identi we identified two main challenges today that preventing from, from voice taking over buttons, if you wish. And the first challenge is, is related to, to those environment. We call it an auditory scene analysis, but it's very much related to those noise reductions and ability to separate speech that, that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Now, if, if I take you as, or any other human being, I close your eyes, put you in the middle of unknown environment, in a fraction of a second, you will be able to, to build yourself the auditory scene that is around you. There is speaker over there, there is one over there, I'm in a noisy environment or I'm in a, in a closed, uh, in, a, in a quiet area. And from that point on, some better, some worse, will be able to, to decide to whom you want to listen. While computers and machines falling completely short in that, uh, in that regard. You put a machine today in any environment, she, it captures the, the mixture of speeches or voices or sounds out there. It lacks, completely lacks the ability to understand the, the environment it is located in. And practically, as, as you mentioned, it has hard time to distinguish between speech and background noise. And it completely fails in understanding a target speaker in a multi-speakers environment. This is, this is, I believe, the main challenge towards uh, unlocking voice as a, reliable, uh, as a reliable interface. The second challenge is actually very much uh, related to how those systems are built uh, today. Mm -hmm. So, as I mentioned already, there is no single supplier where you can buy the entire voice stack from. What you can do is buy puzzle pieces as a voice, as a manufacturer for voice-enabled devices, buy a piece puzzle pieces and try to stick them together. And though it puts two limitations or, or two, of course, you have, you have the engineering work to be done. You need your experts, your engineering team, have a voice expertise in order to being able to assemble such a puzzle. But it is actually more than that. Even, even, even if you have the, the right expertise in your team, those puzzle pieces, they were developed independent, independently. And, mm -hmm. and once you take two independently developed systems and you try to stick them together, they are not fitting so well. You, I mean, you just glue them together the best way you can. But what, what you end up really with is, uh, is, is this kind of, of, of limitation. Of, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, the systems couldn't understand you in a, in a, in a noisy or in a difficult conditions, uh, in a difficult conditions. Right. And this entire thing of, uh, of voice, you know, if you look on uh, where we've been a few decades ago, when voice was, you know, just first systems were available in, in the market, it was, it was really a joke, if you wish. You were asking for for something for for something to happen, and what happened was completely different. And at some point, I believe it was a Google guys that came and say, "Hey, the speech recognition engine. Here is a neural network. This is how it's supposed to work. This is mimicking the best possible way the human brain, and this is how those systems should be implemented." From that point on, 
everybody of course accepted the idea because it created uh, created a big jump in 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 performance but mm -hmm. from that point on people are are saying well okay that's 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 the brain that's the smart system it will solve all the problems in the world you will just have to throw more and more data into it and it will solve it but let's see what what happens actually there are no big improvements in terms of of environmental or how those systems can deal with environmental conditions in the in the recent years and what we are saying is that no those systems those deep deep neural networks speech recognition engines they will not solve all the problems of the world why mm -hmm. because if you try to use them to solve for any environmental conditions there is infinite number of of such conditions that you have to show to the network and this is why this this training process will never end up and even more than that, if you want to stick to, <clears throat> to this narrative that, that uh, Google put in, like th this is, this is the, the human brain, this is how it works, this is how the speech recognition engine should work. So actually, there are two parts to human auditory system, the ears and the brain. And the ears are the one that is responsible for the environmental understanding. And those system comprised of ears and brain was so-called developed and trained together over years it took us about 18 months till the point that we start to really understand speech and this is what should happen in uh, in a voice user interface domain what is really required in order to to solve this challenge of voice user interface and to to to, to facilitate those system in with understanding speech in natural environments is an holistic solution that is comprised of spatial understanding, what I mean, the, mimicking the, the human ears, we call it the 3D audio, mm -hmm. and speech AI models that, uh, that are well, that actually were developed together and trained together with the 3D audio and facilitate voice user interface in any environment or almost in any environment facilitates for us to speak to machines just the way uh, you speak to other humans today so this system should again in order to to provide a natural and a reliable interface the system should be able to provide answers on three fundamental questions in every point in time or in every point when someone speaks to it who is the speaker where he is located and what he is saying. And this is the system that, that we are building in Cardone. And, uh, and we absolutely believe this is what will enable us to interface with machines using voice. Okay. And, uh, right, and so um, the, uh, what you might call the traditional system, you just uh, put in one microphone, just pick up whatever noise and then try to... Uh, uh, use a neural network to extract some particular uh, number or code out of that. Is that, is that a fair way to, uh, to uh, categorize a traditional system, like the Google thing that you talked about? A traditional system, yes, indeed. It, it was mostly based on a single microphones. Manufacturers already moving, moving away from it. it it's clear that, that in order to, to, to take those systems to the next step, you need a plurality of microphones and you need to provide a special awareness uh, to the system. And uh, so in that regard, you are, you are entirely correct. 
And in, in the regard that, you know, this deep neural network thing, yes, the agenda was like, let's, let's show to those, to this network more and more examples with different spatial situations, different noises, different noise levels, and it will solve all the, all the problems in, 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 in the world. It's, it's pretty much clear today that, that it will not happen. It, we, need, we need something else uh, that, that improves the quality of, of the acquired data for us before we apply uh, speech AI models. And so um, when you mention these uh, components here, 3D audio, is that referring to uh, like a physical setup, a microphone array to um, uh, kind of uh, do something in terms of uh, noise reduction or getting a uh, directionality to it? So, yes, we are, re we are relying on a microphone array or I want to say I'm not microphone array is, is many times associated, you know, with, with those big devices with 120 microphones that, that are able to pick up voice from uh, from 100 meters away. This is not mm -hmm. what we are building. Mm -hmm. But if you look uh, if you look today on a on a smartphone, the, the new versions mostly have three or four microphones. If you mm -hmm. if you look today on on smart speakers. Most of them have four to eight microphones. If you look today on cars, most of them have four to 16 or whatever number of microphones. And the fact that, uh, that there is a plurality of more than my microphone in, in, in the system is allows you to be spatially aware. And when I say spatially aware, it includes this, this you know, simple thing that you mentioned, noise reduction, because Basically, noise reduction, simple noise reduction, like, you know, if there is uh, some background noise, you can do it with to up to a certain extent, even with a single microphone. But it's not just about, about reducing the noise. It's really about making the system aware of the acoustical scene that is in front of her. So, yes, background noise should be removed or at least reduced. The system should know how many speakers there are in the, in the environment. The system should be able to address each of the speakers, if they, even if they speak similarity, say, simultaneously, up to a certain number of speakers, let's say two or three, more than that, it becomes really, really a mess. Even, even humans uh, cannot do it. And, um, and, and yeah, it should, the system should be able to, to, to decide to which of, of the speakers it wants to, it needs to address, or which of the speakers should be addressed. And so the technology that Codom is uh, developing is uh, uh, software or it's uh, the physical component and the software? It's absolutely a software. So uh, actually in your previous question, you mentioned uh, about providing a system with, uh, with directivity. And directivity is, is a term that is very common in, in, in the industry. And it's used because many of those systems are using what we call beamformers. Beamformer is about taking an, an array of microphones, arranging it in a very careful uh, setup, physical setup, and then being able to distinguish between a speech that is impinging from this direction and a speech that impinging from this direction, for, for example. Now, there are two limitations to, to this method. One, 
you are very restrict or yeah, very, very restrict. And it's a big issue to, to locate the microphones physically in a physical setup that will meet your requirements. Mm-hmm. Second, actually this approach of distinguishing sources based on their direction of arrival is falling apart in a closed environment. What I mean is that in a room, in a car, in any closed environment, my voice is not traveling from my lips towards the microphones, only through the line of sights. It hits all the reflective panels in, uh, in the environment, which are bouncing the, the signal back, back to the microphones. So practically, every speaker, every sound source in, uh, in a closed environment is perceived by the microphones through hun- from hundreds of directions. So if you take a directional based system and you try to distinguish between a speaker that is located in 45 degrees and a speaker that is located from 90 degrees from the system, it's a mission impossible. It's like putting a human being in a hall of mirrors. You will see every possible object from every possible uh, direction. So our approach is is addressing those two uh, challenges. First, the solution is software only and it can work with any configuration of microphones. We are not not putting any constraints of of the designers on how to locate the microphones on their devices. Second, we are not distinguishing uh, between the sources based on their direction of arrival, but rather we are distinguishing between sound sources that were generated in different spots in place. So instead of being a directional, we are a location driven. We are distinguishing between a sound source that was generated here and a sound source that was generated here, even if they are on the same line of sight. All right. Uh, then um, in your third box, uh, what our speaker is saying, AESR, um, is there is there actually is like two approaches to that? One is the uh, Alexa-type approach where you capture this audio sequence, you send it off to the server to uh, figure out what the words are and then understand those words. Then there's another approach where you have uh, just uh, keywords or trigger words where there's it's, it's no relevance what the meaning is. It's just a match or not a match. Um, are you doing one of those types of things with this part of the system? The, the, the answer is yes. I think that the, the, if you look from, from the high perspective, the two approaches are natural language understanding versus a limited uh, vocabulary approach. And what we are saying is that Yes, this natural language understanding in order to come up uh, with a great solution to, to that. You will need those Google and Amazon uh, Amazon devices and a, set, and a cloud-based solution out there because, again, the number of, of words is infinite. But when it comes to controlling your devices, your cars, your, your TV, how many intentions you may have? There are, there are 50 intentions. You want to take it to the very extreme. There are 200 intentions that, that you may, 200 requests that you may need. By the end of the day, this vocabulary that you will use for your TV or for your car or for, in, for, for a self-service machine in a, in a hotel mm-hmm. is very, very limited. And on one hand, on the other hand, you, ex, you expect a delayless interaction and, and, and private interaction and to be very, and very robust. Like, to work in all conditions. And therefore we address this, uh, this segment of, of what you say, limited vocabulary uh, solutions that are in, 
implemented directly on the edge devices, do not require any uplink connectivity to up and down, actually, link connectivity for, uh, with the cloud, and will be able to, to service you delaylessly and, and robustly and privately. Okay, so yeah, we could uh, just in simple terms, you could say it's working off keywords essentially, and there's no cloud connection required. It's all local. Well, it's it's not on when you say when you say keywords, it's it's pretty much remind to to you know to most of us this limited uh, vocabulary menus that we had uh, I don't know ten or fifteen years ago with with four key, keywords that it could understand. Mm -hmm. You know the, the the technology today is such that even if you if you want to train your machine to understand fifty sentences, you can do it on the edge. Right, and, and so those, um, sorry, uh, Simon. Thing, if you don't mind, Dave. Uh, so those uh, those components uh, they're actually quite totally distinct fields of science and engineering, are they not? So you've, you've got one that's just heavily theoretical acoustics, something else which is you know, speech recognition, it's a totally different thing. How do you kind of combine all of those uh, uh, elements? So, I think you are, you are right and wrong. And, and, mm -hmm. and uh, I will explain. The, 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 there is a deep belief in the, in the industry that what you just mentioned is, is a complete truth. They are, they, those are completely two different systems. They can be designed and built separately and then you just glue them together. But what we believe, and actually it's not a belief, we tested it. When you design it in, in this disjoint way, like you do the acoustical thing on, on one hand, completely separately, you train your speech AI models on, on one, on, on the other hand, completely separate from, uh, from the acoustical models, and you glue, them, you glue them together, you lose a lot of performance. Why? Because, because you know, an holistic solution should be architectured and designed holistically, and uh, and this is what, what we are doing. Yes, we have uh, we have our acoustic experts, we have our uh, voice AI experts that working together and building, putting together a system that is able to to, to mimic the out, the human auditory system, like the ears and the brain that are working for most of us perfectly together. All right. So, and and then in terms of like the arrangement of the business supply chain here, are you guys partnering with a lot of like edge computing chip companies and also even cloud connectivity? I mean, giving that uh, benefit of privacy to cloud connected is a big feature, but also giving the ability of of recognition on the edge is another feature. So there's kind of two. Uh, two types of hardware categories that you would be partnering with. Is that a good understanding? Yes, it is. Our, our uh, main customers and partners indeed can be, can be split into two. Uh, in two. Those mm -hmm. chip makers, as, as you mentioned, are, uh, as knows, they are dear, dear partner for us that actually facilitate for us a, a go-to-market. So, mm -hmm. and, and we facilitate for them, you know, enlarging or broadening the, the capabilities of, of their chips. The other uh, kind of, of partner and, and customer for us is OEMs, device, uh, devices builders, uh, whether it's a smart speaker or, or a car. 
those mm-hmm. guys already decided on on a chip already decided on their hardware architecture and and they are coming to us and say hey how can you support how can mm-hmm. you how can you make our systems you know understand the understand our customers in in any environment mm-hmm. and um, for them we, we provide our solution and, and here is here is an example of uh, of our solution being embedded in a in a smart speaker mm-hmm. and our customers are actually measuring two main parameters they're measuring what's called wake word uh, first rejection rate meaning how many times you actually try to activate the device by voice and and it was failed mm-hmm. and response of accuracy uh, rate meaning how much you you've been asking for something and it's really happened the right thing happened and you can see and of course those two parameters they are evaluated in a different snr conditions snr stands for for noise how noisy is the environment so low snr is very very noisy and high snr is very very quiet and and you can see here the benefit of of using cardon those are actual measurements that that were, were done by one of our customers that with Kerdom, for example, we can <clears throat> we can provide already. You, you mentioned, uh, Simon, you mentioned earlier wake word recognition. So with Kerdom, we can provide uh, over 90 degree, 90% of wake word recognition when, uh, when the SNR is minus 20 dB. Minus 20 dB is very noisy environment. While typical systems can do today in the same conditions, will provide you only with 30%. Same holds for, for the response of, uh, of accuracy. Minus uh, uh, negative SNR means the noise is louder than the signal? Yeah, the noise is louder than signal. So imagine, imagine that you are in a, in a shopping mall. There, mm-hmm. is a, there is a lot of bunch of noise around you. And you want to you want to interact with the with the device. You say, "Hey, I want a, a double back royal." So the, in, in in this scenario, in many times the noise is louder than a signal. Actually, even in cars, if uh, if you draw, if you I mean if you don't restrict yourself to the to the voice manual and you open <laughs> the windows, the noise will be louder than a signal. Yeah. That's actually just on a commercial level. That's a huge issue for the deployment of voice edge devices for things like TWS, true wireless stereo devices, is a lot of the manufacturers over here. Obviously, they're using metros in Hong Kong or in Shenzhen, et cetera. And that's kind of their reference point as engineers is, can we use it in this environment? Well, until perhaps now, it wasn't really possible to deploy. So, yeah, I can see the commercial appeal here uh, largely. Yeah, you, you, you're completely right. And actually, this, those applications in, in, in Metro and, and such, they are, they are gaining interest now, maybe, maybe up to certain amount, a certain degree in the view of, of the global pandemic. You know, no one wants to touch anything. And these <laughs> applications of, of touch in the Metro, we've been asked about it over and over again. And we, we, we did testing our systems in, in such applications as well. Yeah. And yeah, commercial applications like kiosk machines, is that something uh, I think you mentioned earlier that you're, cons- you're approaching as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, we have a we have few beta sites where manufacturers are testing our, uh, our solutions for, for kiosks. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, just quickly, what's required in terms of processing power? Would these have to be uh, kind of mains-powered or car-powered devices, yeah, battery-powered devices, a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. We are not uh, we are not requiring you know any any server level uh, processing processing power. I would say standard CPU that uh, that may cost today I don't know up to up to a dollar or something uh, something in that range will be more than enough than uh, for for running our systems. Maybe I, maybe I show you an example of okay. uh, of how it looks like. When uh, when we are uh, facilitating voice interactions in uh, in a car, it's it's actually an integration that we did. Hey car, start the engine. Hey car, start the engine. Hey car, open all the windows. Hey car, I'm cold. Hey car, close the window. Hey car, turn on the radio. Hey car, switch channel please. Hey car, what do you want? So, so that 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 was an example of of uh, how you could control. I mean, how how it would work if any device could understand who are the speakers, where they are located, and, and what they are saying. And, and again, as you saw, it's, it, the, this position or localization thing is, we believe that it's absolutely critical in order to, to provide a natural and, um, and, and welcoming experience, if you wish. So if it, uh, if it stays back like, hey car, turn, turn, or, open rear right window it it's too complicated the system mm -hmm. you should you should say open the window the system should know where are you located and uh, and respond accordingly and right. if, uh, if if a passenger for example is asking to turn on the engine the system should know that it's not the driver that is speaking and should refuse this command so this this thing of of special awareness is uh, is a key yeah, and if you could uh, get the accuracy high enough with the uh, the control feature, I mean, you could. This could be a unicorn type company if you could get that for for mission critical type voice control. I mean, that's something that's you know they're not really allowing for you know car control yet. But you can see if it's if the accuracy could be there, it could be something that would be approved for use. So that's that's exciting stuff. Absolutely. This is uh, where we are heading. Our uh, our mission is 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 very clear. We want to to facilitate voice for any applications out there. Okay. And then, so so globally, you guys. I know there's office headquarters in Israel, but I think you guys have offices elsewhere. 
around the world? The headquarter is in the headquarter and the R&D is indeed in uh, in Israel. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we have an office, a front office in uh, in the Bay Area in the uh, US. Mm-hmm. We have an office in uh, China in uh, Shanghai. Okay. And uh, we have uh, we have a representative in Japan. And a representative in Korea. Okay. All Actually, right. there is in Korea there is also a big a manufacturers that manufactured of hardware manufacturer that we are partnering with and facilitating facilitating for us this uh, this market this Korean market. Okay, sounds sounds a little bit uh, very automotive centric with the Shanghai uh, over Shenzhen for China. Is that a good assumption? Uh, well. Yeah, now now when I think about it, but but it was not it was not the reason. I mean, oh, okay. Uh, All right, very good, uh, Simon. Do you have any more questions? I think I've covered it. Okay. All right. So anybody else that has questions is watching today. Just jot them down below. We'll make sure that they they get along to the Cardome team to to feedback. And uh, thanks everybody for watching today. Thank you, Danny, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me here. All right. So everybody, please like, subscribe, all that good YouTube stuff. Uh, notification bill. Somebody told me that that's a, that's a big thing. So please do that. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for watching.